This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is not a regular player, this is not a pretty good quarterback. This is an all time great. Is he? A strange bird off the field? He's a little nuts, I think. Okay? That's his deal. Is he really weird? Yeah. You don't have to hang out with him. You just have to put on your Jet jersey, go to the stadium, and watch him do his thing, which is move the Jets down the field and into the end zone, which is something you have not had in years. Subscribe to the Mike Francesa podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week. This is the Mike Missanelli Podcast on a Tuesday, June 20th. This is podcast episode number 90. We got to do something special for episode 100. Uh, episode 90 already. That's not even counting the ones we did post game with the Phillies and the, the Sixers. Uh, Bet Rivers brings us this great podcast. I'm going to thank the people at Bet Rivers for. Sponsoring the podcast, and uh, I, I always have great words to say about the Bet Rivers app because it's fun. Whether you win or lose, it's fun. Now, for instance, the U.S. Open, I thought I was all over it. The U.S. Open, and when you bet golfers, it's a pretty good bet because you could bet one to five, right? And you don't have to go, like, who's going to win? It's a, it's a crapshoot. So uh, my U.S. Open bets, I, I put the following golfers in play. Uh, Morikawa and Homa, because they're L.A. guys and they grew up there and they played that course a lot, I took a shot. Didn't work out. Homa didn't make the cut. Uh, and then start drinking with Justin Thomas, uh, live Instagram. Uh, and then it was Scotty Scheffler because he's always in, in the money. So that was a solid bet. And I cashed on that. I threw in Kepka. Uh, and I'll have something to say about him because I can't stand him. But I thought he would be in contention. He turned out not to be. And then after the first day, when those two guys went out with monster under par scores, Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley, who I like a lot, I go, Hey, uh, they can't fall out of contention at this point, right? So I threw those in. So all told, uh, I thought I had Scheffler and Fowler as a top five finish. As it turned out, they set the odds differently in the first day when those guys went out to elite. So you couldn't bet one to five. You can only bet one to four. So I'm thinking all the time he had a fifth place. I got the money, but I had to get him in fourth place, and he missed by one. Ricky choke city for ricky it was looking good and all of a sudden he couldn't make a birdie uh so anyway uh it was fun and that's what bet rivers does for you so download the bet rivers app all right let's start today with what we call the current and there is nothing more current than your philadelphia phillies oh my gosh they have won six in a row i know three weeks against that lousy oakland team but 13 of the last 15 they're now four games over 500 as they go into two crucial series at citizens bank ballpark the Braves and the New York Mets, and they'll face Spencer Strider the first night. And the other two guys are younger guys. So um, this is uh, you know, the Mets thing. So I, I don't really uh, – well, I think the Phillies win 
win maybe five of six in, in this series, as hot as they got. It's probably a little optimistic, but they're rolling uh, right now. So let me, let me give you some some uh, some insight on the Phillies. 13 wins in the last 15, tied with the Braves over that span. They can't make up any ground on the Braves because the Braves are doing the same thing. But that's right in line with what the Braves are doing. So, again, we're worried about the wild card here, not the division. Uh, Phil starting pitching. And we lamented the, the the back end of it until Suarez came alive. But the Phil starters over that span of 15 games, 1.74 ERA. That is the best in Major League Baseball. Now, the Phils scoring 5.53 runs per game over that span, fourth best in Major League Baseball. They're 31 and 21 in games started by their top four starters all of a sudden. All right, so let's let's break it down. 10 and 5 when Walker starts. Taiwan Walker starts, they've gone 10 and 5. Wheeler, 9 and 6. They're 5 and 2 as Suarez starts, and Nola's 7 and 8. But that's a lot better than what they had been earlier in the season. So that's coming around, and hitting is coming around. They're swatting the ball, especially Kyle Schwarber. Uh, he's starting to hit. This, this, I'm going to get into this a little bit because he, he frustrates me to no end. And I, I know people love these boppers. I know they love these Babe Ruth uh, Titan swingers who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. So, okay, he's starting to hit. It's June. He, he wakes up in June, wastes the first two months of the season. Um, but he still has the lowest batting average on, on, in the majors on balls and plays. When he puts it in play, it's either a home run and out. But he is walking lately. So, uh, since he was moved to the leadoff hole on June 2nd, and people were going, well, you put him in the leadoff hole. Since he's been moved there, he's 17 for 63 with seven home runs and 13 RBIs. So, all right, that's good production, and I can forgive the, the batting average. But but I don't understand the batting. Like, I don't understand how he is allowed to, to piss away the first two months of a season, lollygagging around, not hitting a base. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't accept the fact, oh, it's June. Here comes Schwerber alive. How about you get alive in April and May? How about that? How about that novel concept? It frustrates the hell out of me. But all right, I'll take it. Now, I also want to do this here. This, I know people love to do this. I hate when people do this. Since they brought this song, Dancing on Our Own Back, they're playing better baseball. I think that is horseshit. And, and fans just eat that stuff alive. I I, I really don't that. Let me bring in Darren. Darren, dancing on my own. Oh my god! The, the, the Phillies with these songs, <laughs> uh, supposedly bringing them good luck and breaking the jinx. Like, can you explain this I to me? Only offer only explanation I can offer you is, and you know this as well as anyone, is that baseball is such a mental game, and the song puts them in a better mental state. That's. That's it. The only thing I can go. That's all I got for you. It's the only thing I can offer. Is that uh, uh, what, whatever. I, I know fans love it. I know tweeters love it. Oh, dancing on my own. <laughs> all right, right. Knock yourself out. All right. I don't buy into that little crap. I, you know what I buy into? I, I buy into preparation as a hitter. That's what I buy into. All right. And, and if dancing on my own gets into focus, all right, whatever. I. Uh, to me, baseball is is just not simple. It's it's not as simple as hearing dancing on my own and going out. And it's puffing. Yeah, as up. far as Schwarber goes, Mike, he was nursing a knee injury. He seems to be a little healthier now, so maybe that's something to do with it this year. Who are you talking about, yeah. Schwarber? All right, uh, same thing every year. What do you think he does? Even knee injury every year? <laughs> maybe. Oh, here's June. Schwarber comes alive. Uh, 
Come alive earlier. Get the batting average up there. Come on, man. All right, now Trey Turner. I, I told you I wasn't worried about Trey Turner over the span. He's in 286, 779 OPS in June. All right? So we're good with the Phillies right now. They look like they're 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 solid right now at the pitching staff. The hitting, the bullpen's been good. I thought the bullpen was getting taxed there for a while. But if the starters are holding their end, that uh, certainly helps the bullpen. All right, let's uh, let's go to the Sixers. Not not much Sixer news except uh, what broke this week. Uh, some reports saying that uh, it's really uh, kind of a foregone conclusion that James Harden's going to be back with the Sixers. All right, whatever. I I understand there's no adequate replacements. I'm willing to run it back for one more year uh, with the Sixers. But uh, the NBA draft is coming up Thursday, and we're out as Sixer fans. Well, I'm watching a rerun of Law & Order, apparently, that night because there's no drama, except here's what I think. Maury's going to snag a second-round pick from something. So uh, that that's you're going to hear probably that, but but let's look at, at, the, at the they have no picks because they they got punished for the second round for tampering PJ Tucker and they traded that first round pick and that deal that got hardened that got moved around. Uh, so uh, let's let's look at Sixers drafts of past. Uh, okay, so let's just uh, uh, you know we'll, we'll go back in time here and uh, we'll. we'll uh, this is what they did over the past few years. All right, so in 2022, uh, the Sixers took uh, David Roddy in the first round, but traded in the Memphis Grizzlies part of the deal that brought back to Anthony Melton. So technically, got the Anthony Melton in that draft. All right, now let's go to uh, 2021. Jaden Springer. <laughs> now, <laughs> all right, I, they took him. Like apparently, he was 14 years old, and uh, he needs room to grow. He's been on on this constant trail from the Delaware Blue Coats to the, the NBA. I, I don't know if he can play or not. They say he's going to be a pretty good defensive player. Hasn't helped yet. 2020, uh, Maxi in the 21st pick, uh, solid. Okay, now we go to 2019, and and that's when uh, the Sixers got Thibault, uh, who was technically drafted by the Boston Celtics, and then and traded to the Sixers. So uh, Thibel didn't really help you other than uh, he got you Jade McDaniel in a backwards way. Uh, 2019 um, that, or 2018, uh, we got Mikel Bridges, and uh, that was the Zaire Smith trade, and uh, that wound up getting Tobias Harris a, a little bit. But you know, I looked at that trade, and at the time, I remember distinctly talking about it on the air, that the San Antonio Spurs had really coveted uh, Zaire Smith, and uh, at that point, they were going to move Kawhi Leonard, and the Sixers, I think, thought they would have a chance if they preserved a guy that the Spurs wanted in a possible deal. Uh, it didn't work out, um, except for, you know, to get the Tobias Harris thing, and now you're saddled with a $48 million contract. So the, 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 the drafts in the last few years have really not been beneficial to the Philadelphia 76ers. So let's look at this year's draft. Um and, and there is a unicorn player in this year's draft, you know, in Victor Wembayana, who they say is the best prospect to come along in years. And, okay, I got it. And then I look at the other guys, and I, I'm trying to figure out, because you know we, we don't have household names anymore in the NBA draft. For instance, the mock draft that I saw recently has Scoot Henderson, who's playing in the G League Ignite as the second pick in the draft. Brandon Miller from Alabama. All right, I like him a little bit, but he's so young. He's a freshman. Uh, maybe he turns into something. Cam Whitmore from Villanova is projected to go four or five. 
uh, freshman who really uh, didn't show that much at all. And, and and he's being drafted on upside potential and athleticism, and like all these guys are. Drace Miller, a freshman from Houston, is supposed to be next. And then Amen Thompson, it was also in the G League. Now, I, I'm going, you know, there have there had to be drafts that that were were uh, were better looking, uh, shall we say, uh, than this year's draft. So so this is what I want to do. I, I want to go back in time and I want to go like in a 10 year interval to see uh, what these drafts yielded. All right. Darren, are you with me here? Yeah, I got you. I'm here. All right, let's so go. Let's go back to 2013. All right, that's 10 years ago. 2013. Here was your NBA draft. Anthony Bennett was the first pick in the draft. I remember that year going, "What? Where does this come from?" All right, the the, the Cavaliers took Anthony Bennett from UNLV. Never made it. Victor Oladipo was taken second. Otto Porter third. Cody Zeller fourth. Alex Lynn. Nerlens Noel, Ben McLemore, Contavious Caldwell Pope is still in the league. Trey Burke, CJ McCollum was a hit. Uh, and then Michael Carter Williams, the Sixers took him. Steven Adams, Kelly Olenek was in that draft. And, and Giannis Anacupo was passed by a lot of people, the mystery man who was playing in a league in Spain at the time. Dennis Schroeder went into that uh, in that draft. Uh, Shane Larkin, Barry Larkin's kid, went in there. So there were some names in this draft, but you know, the first part of it, you go, eh. All right, so let's now move uh, into the area of uh, 2003, okay? Uh, tw- 2003, 10 years before that. Uh, and I'm just doing this as an exercise to see if, like, because we look at these names in this year's draft and we're underwhelmed. And, and our presumption is that all the other drafts were better. So let's go back to 2003. All right, you ready? Buckle your seatbelt. 2003, 20 years ago, Cleveland Cavaliers took a guy named LeBron James. Larry Brown took Darko Milicic. And I should have asked Larry when we had him on a couple weeks ago whether that's his biggest regret in basketball because he was a stiff. But Carmelo Anthony went third. Chris Bosh fourth. Dwayne Wade went fifth in this draft. And it was Chris Kamen, Kirk Heinrich, TJ Ford, Michael Sweetney, just so it, it went down, way down after that. Uh, but uh, there were some monster names in that draft 20 years Strong. ago. So 20 years ago, and, and, and a high school kid was selected number one. So that was pretty solid, right? Oh, strong. I mean, it's a it's a continental shift fall off after that top five or six. It's not a gradual, but that's yeah. a strong. With the top five or six, we go, oh, wow. It had a wow factor. This year doesn't have the wow factor because all these kids are coming out and they're just being drafted on potential and athleticism because that's what the league is now. The league is an athletic league. So you take chances on guys who are really athletic. All right, so 2003, 20 years ago. And then let's go back to 1983, and then I want to go to 1984, all right? So 1983, your draft, that was 40 years ago. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. No. Well, no, I want 1993. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to go 10 years ago. So we'll go to 1993, uh, and that's what we have here. In 1993... Here it goes. Chris Webber, Sean Bradley, Penny Hardaway, Jamal Mashburn, Isaiah Ryder, Calbert Chaney, Bobby Hurley, Vin Baker, 
Rodney Rogers, Lindsey Hunter, Allen Houston, George Lynch, Terry DeHair. Solid. Yeah, what stands out to me, though, is whether you go 10, 20, 30 years back, the misses by the Sixers are extraordinary. Well, the Sixers took Sean Bradley. And, and you know, that was the, the, the infamous mistake that they made where he, you know, his, litter, his car was littered with McDonald's wrappers. And Pat Croce tried to get him on a on some kind of a health regimen. And it just, it just didn't work out for Sean. And they took a major gamble with that selection. Uh, okay, so now let's go back to 1983. We're going back 40 years now. Are the drafts better back then? Well, let's look at this one. Ralph Sampson was the number one pick in the draft. But then it went to Steve Stepanovich from Missouri, um, who shot himself in the shoulder, if you remember, in college, cleaning a gun or something. Uh, and they called him Stupo at, at visit when Missouri went to other arenas in the Big Eight at the time. They had these signs, uh, who shot Stupo, based on the who shot JR. All right, Rodney McCray went third, Byron Scott fourth, Sidney Green. Russell Cross, Thurl Bailey, Antoine Carr, Dale Ellis, Jeff Malone, Derek Harper, Daryl Walker, Ennis Watley, Clyde the Clyde Drexler. Whoo! So, see, you're talking about depth in these drafts with players that, yeah, they stayed longer in college. I get it, but but certainly, you know, that was a uh, a deeper draft and players that we absolutely knew. Uh, so now let's go to the infamous draft in 1984, uh, which might be the best all-time draft. 1984, the number one pick in the draft, Akeem Olajuwon for the Houston Rockets. Number two was Sam Bowie. That's like a, a Sean Bradley-esque mistake by the Portland Trailblazers because Michael Jordan goes third to the Chicago Bulls. Who went before Charles Barkley at four? Oh, just... Yeah. North Carolina teammate Sam Perkins goes to the Dallas Mavericks, and the Sixers grab Charles Barkley with the fifth pick. And I remember they also considered Melvin Turpin from Kentucky with the sixth pick. He went six. Alvin Robinson went seven. Lancaster Gordon, eight. Otis Thorpe was nine. Leon Wood, who's an official in the NBA, went to the Sixers at 10. Kevin Willis to the Hawks. Tim McCormick. Jay Humphreys, Michael Cage, Terrence Stansberry from Temple, John Stockton to the Utah Jazz in that draft in the teens, and and so on and so forth. So so uh, and Ron Anderson actually went in that draft. He played for Fresno State. He went down a little bit. So it just, I'm just looking at the draft, and I'm not trying to, to to mock the drafts at all. I'm just saying they've changed. They're different. And I look at this year's draft, and I go, okay, Andrew Vickard Wombayana is a legendary once in a lifetime player. Scoot Henderson, I don't know from Scoot Henderson. He's in G, playing in the G League Ignite. Brandon Miller, nice player. All right, t- potential. Cam Whitmore, I mean, what is he in the NBA? He's six foot five. What is he? He's not a shooter. Um, Jerace Walker from Houston, a freshman. I haven't seen enough of him. And, and Amen Thompson in it from the G League. I had no idea who, who these guys are. So um, the NBA draft has uh, lost a little bit of intrigue. But again, the league has changed, and you never know who's going to turn into a player or not. And, you know, even when you go back 10 years ago, you go, well, you know, those first few guys that were taking the draft are overwhelming either. It just seems, so, Mike, like every year there's five, maybe even three guys like you really want to draft. That's that's incredible to me. 
really is, and it's disappointing. It really, I think it's a lot more than a little luster taken off. Uh, there's, there's almost no drama anymore. Yeah. All right. Law and order for me. Uh, all right. Let's go uh, now. Uh, continuing the current as we hit the Phillies and we hit the Sixers NBA draft, the Flyers. There's a big jersey unveil today. They're making a big fanfare about a new jersey, that which I, I don't mind it because you know, any any little change, little excitement for the Flyers at this point helps. I think with a new regime, new uniforms. But I, for I have been an advocate for years to the point where Flyer fans hated me. But I go listen. When your organization is in the mud like the Flyers were, it's almost 50 years now that we will not have won a cup. I think you changed things up. And I was saying 20 years ago you changed things up instead of this old stodgy thing. that. So I advocated changing colors, changing the logo, all that kind of stuff, which I think brings a fresh perspective. Remember? Fresh perspective. Mike Sealski asked. Ed Snyder at a press conference. Don't you think you need a fresh? No, we don't need a fresh perspective. As he barked his head. Off. Yes, you did need a fresh perspective. And one of the things that teams do for a fresh perspective, they change it up a little bit. Look at all the NHL teams that change their color schemes, that change their logo, they, that make it three-dimensional for crying out loud. We're in 2023. The Flyers still one-dimensional logo with a stinking puck with a fake wing on it. And I'm going, come on. And the orange and black. The orange and black isn't that special when you haven't won a cup in 50 years. There, there's no such thing as as iconic when you haven't won in that in that long. So change it up. Do you really need orange and black? Like the, when the Eagles came in, they changed from Kelly Green to to that that the uh, green that they and it, it, people got over it, right? People got over it. They became a winning franchise in that. And now they now they can go back as a retro jersey, right? But be progressive. Change it up. You don't have to throw in a blue with the orange. Like I, I don't know, ch- ch- get get innovative, make the puck the the, the logo three dimensional, do something. So what you're going to see is I'm I'm guessing you're going to not see major change in in the uh, Flyers jerseys. Darren, your thoughts? Are you a, an iconic guy like all the people on Twitter? Oh, the orange and or black is too iconic. Iconic, your sister. <laughs> I, I I totally agree with you on the logo. The logo I never really got. Um, I know what it is. It's a P and it's a puck and it's flying through the, I get it. Um, I like orange and the black. I'm not telling you it's iconic. The orange and the black. The orange and the black. The orange and the black. Yeah, they need a change in the jersey. I like the black jerseys, to be honest with you, that they wore like 15, 20 years ago with just a hint of orange in it. I like the color scheme. I'm not telling you it's iconic, but I do like orange with black. You got the Sixers with a with a red blue white combo. You got the Phillies with the red. You get through maybe mix in a little different color, the orange and black. You you can still have an orange, but I would change the scheme of it. Do an orange and blue, and like you know, brighten it up a little bit. Yeah, when the Eagles made their change from Cali Green to Midnight Green, most people oh, they were so you can't change the Cali Green to Cali Green. I don't. I wouldn't want them to go back to Cali Green at this point. I like the new green. And it's it's a more modern color scheme. So yes, you may, maybe the orange changes a bit into a different shade, maybe like a like a rust or a uh, yeah. There you go, or, rust. Well, what, here's my point about this. It, you know, the Eagles weren't a winning team with that Kelly Green, and I don't understand why people are attached to a team that doesn't win and and are afraid of changing something. Like this is what my whole point is. Why are we we uh, so afraid? Uh, to like when you're stuck in your ways, it allows no room for advancement and positive change. Now, if the Flyers are winning cups, I got it. 
The orange black is iconic. They're not winning cups. And 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 in the original six, you can't change a bunch of the original six. They're iconic. They're the original six in the NHL. The Boston Bruins, the Detroit Red Wings, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Montreal Canadiens. You can't change that, but you can fiddle with an expansion team that grew up in the late 60s and you haven't won a cup in 50 years. That's when you can change. How about a nice burnt sienna, Mike? Would you like a burnt Whatever, sienna? Whatever, burnt sienna. But I would throw blue in there. <laughs> I want to change. I want to brighten it. Do something. People don't like change. That's the biggest problem. Okay, and I go, why? You don't like change. Why? Why don't you like change? The Flyers haven't won a cup in almost 50 years. Change the freaking thing. All right. That's the top. That's the current for today. And now it is time for Mike Unleash, where I go over. We're just, you know, go all over the place. So uh, let's start with the U.S. Open golf tournament. Uh, not that I want to analyze every shot here, but Wyndham Clark wins it. And, you know, people say... I, I love people who go, oh, this guy's been lying in the weeds. Everybody everybody knew about this talent, and now he's finally blossoming. Well, how many guys emerge in a tournament and they go, oh, he's the next one? I, I, hope, when, I hope it works out for Wyndham Clark. He played great in the Open. And it's, it's it, you come down the stretch of U.S. Open and you have to hit every shot and you can't bungle a shot, that's, that's pressure. And so uh, he passed that test. But there was an unusual thing that happened on the last day. I don't know if you saw this, Darren. Uh, an amateur golfer named uh, uh, Gordon Sargent. He's a, a, a young-faced uh, fr- uh, sophomore at Vanderbilt playing as an amateur. He had like a four-foot putt. He hits his four-foot putt. It hits the cup and bounces out of the hole. Now, as they look back at it, apparently the, uh, the twosome that played before he got to that green, uh, the caddy pulled the the stick and when he put it back in it, it jarred up a little bit so the cup was higher and so what it did is hit the, it hit the polyurethane and bounced out now are we not in an era where we want to get the call right right we're in, we're in an era that we can get the call right so shouldn't there be a judgment from uh, a, a pga official on the scene and you know what that's good that was a faulty cup. That's good. Now, if the guy, if the kid rammed it like 100 miles an hour and it bounced out, then that was his fault. It was a normal putt that should have dropped into the hole easily, but it hit the cup because it was up and it bounced out. They should okay. give him it that hit putt. The bottom of the cup. It hit the lip of the cup and bounced off. It hit the lip yeah. because the lip was higher. Yeah. It was raised. The, cup, the, cu- the, the cup goes deep and there's dirt around it, but the lip was higher on the dirt. So that's what yeah. it hit, bounced out. That's why PGA Fisher got no, 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 no. That's good, don't you think? Yeah, I totally agree. You, you, there, that's a call that he can make too. I think he can make that call, can he? Like if there's a PGA, Fisher I, I don't know. No, apparently he can't. Apparently all, all holes have to be dropped. You can't make a call like that in golf. Uh, uh, what I'm saying is like, they, that's got to be no, no, no. Hold on. Yeah, I, I, I say that's good. Uh, you know, but they don't, they don't have that in golf. It popped out. It, it rolled like three feet away. He had to make another putt. Like it, that, it, it seems weird to me. In an era where we're trying to get things right, we got replay and all this. We got officials on the course. You saw the putt. I mean, that's not going to ever, ever, ever happen unless he hit it 100 miles an hour. He hit a normal putt. It just happened to hit the the, the plastic, which wasn't down yeah. hard enough. And they're, they're, and it golf's down. trying that's, to modernize a bit. They're doing making a lot of changes within the game. I wouldn't be surprised if within a couple of years they they put some sort of process in in line. All right. But one other thing on the U.S. Open. Um, I can't stand to listen to Paul Easinger anymore. I can't. I, you know, I used to like him. I don't know what it is. He's annoying as F. 
these days. And and, and Twitter was, was hammering him. He says the same thing all the time. Uh, if I didn't hear Scotty Scheffler is the best ball striker in the game, he said it at least 47 times during the week. I got, I, I got it, Paul. I heard you say that already. Oh, he's the best ball striker. Okay, I got enough. He, but he makes wrong calls and he's annoying. Yeah, so uh, I, I have no time for Paul Azinger. All right, uh, let me let me go into this uh, this story here. This is a, just a quirky story that I happen to run in against. There's a guy who is a landlord in Brooklyn, uh, and it's listen, in the high rent district. The apartments aren't cheap there, and he's got a really nice apartment uh, for rent. He lives in the building. He's in the upstairs, and the, and the uh, apartment on the bottom is is for rent, and. Uh, he has it in his lease. He will not rent to people. It's in the lease who cook meat or fish in the apartment. You can order out, but you can't cook meat or fish. He's a veg, uh, so he lives a vegetarian lifestyle, and uh, he prohibits anybody signing a lease. It's cause for eviction if you cook meat or fish in the apartment. Your my, my first thought is that can't be legal. Uh, second of all, how would he know? I'm glad you asked that. Hold on. Hold on. Because as you know, I've explored the legal avenues as an attorney on this particular thing. The New York human rights laws, um, uh, landlords aren't aren't allowed to consider 14 specific characteristics um, in in renting to someone, which are the normal ones, age, uh, race, sex, religion. Uh, But dietary is not on the list. So basically... They have to follow the tenets of this landlord. Uh, if he doesn't want to rent it to you because you cook meat or fish, he doesn't have to rent it to you. He is covered legally. How's he going to know, by the way? Is he going to smell the-, the smell wafts up? The smell of cooking meat or fish will waft up to his, his apartment in the building. And how will we know which apartment it's coming from? Because he's right above it. I'd have to see a, a look at the building. How many stories is the building? He's above. Oh, he's the, directly the, above the room. The, the unit that he's. So yes. this might be a policy just for that room. I'm guessing not the entire building. It could be for the entire building. He's the landlord. Yeah, it's, he's, he's not prohibited. The room below him. He's not prohibited from putting that in the lease. Is what I'm telling you. Yeah, that's that just sounds like a lawsuit. Hey, the guy's a veg. He doesn't want to smell cooked meat. You know, he's the landlord. He bought the building. He's entitled <laughs> to do what he wants. All right. All right. What if he's got a what if he's got like a, a milk allergy? <laughs> I can't have diet. I don't know. Hey, listen, that sounds t- like a until loss. they put dietary restrictions in the New York State uh, human rights law, he's golden. All right. Uh let's go with number three on Mike Unleashed. College World Series. Uh, you know, I've been watching a little of it. College, there's a lot of draftable players. These college players. I, I love, there it. In, I love the college. Yeah, they're, they're in uh, the College World Series. A lot of draftable players, a lot of great pitchers. LSU and uh, Wake Forest. Uh, are, are the the teams that are expected? Florida to too. Florida's really good, but that, that's not the story I'm looking for because it's Mike Unleashed. I'm not going to dazzle you with the scouting reports on on college players that you're not watching anyway. Ten people are watching the College World Series. Uh, there is a bar in Omaha called Rocco's, where the College World Series is, uh, and at Rocco's, they um, have a, a contest on which fan base can uh, consume the most jello shots. Um, so each the, the fan base of each World Series participant 
is invited in there and to try to, to see if they can drink the most jello shots. And there's a prize at the end. I, I don't know what it is. But Ole Miss last year consumed uh, the fan base 18,777 jello shots. Uh, LSU yesterday passed them. The LSU fan base is going strong. They're at 21,435 as we speak. And counting? So 21,000. And, ca- and counting, because there's, a, there's another week in the College World Series. <laughs> the LSU people are going to obliterate. Now, just think about it. Louisiana, yeah. I mean, that's got to be the home of Jello New shots, Orleans, isn't man. it? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me. They were the favorite on the, the Bet Rivers the betting app to, to set, set it for Jello that's shots. A that's a, that's a cigar, right. halftime cigar piece. New Orleans. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, also, uh, the final thing on Mike Unleashed is the baseball draft is coming. And, uh, uh, yeah, like I just mentioned, uh, but there's a local kid I want to give a shout-out to. His name's Kevin McMonigle. He's a shortstop who plays at Monsignor Bonner here in Delco, uh, and he's projected to be a top 20. So uh, a shout-out to uh, Kevin McMonigle. Good luck in the draft, son. The uh, draft is about three weeks from now. Uh, hopefully he goes high and uh, he signs for, for big money, or if the money's not big enough, he goes to college. And then becomes another draftable player uh, in his junior year. Kevin McMonagall, parents, you guys should be proud. Uh, kid apparently is a stud. So there you go. That's Mike Unleashed for today. All right. Now, on the Mike Miss podcast, uh, again, it's podcast uh, number uh, 90. And we're doing this on a, a Tuesday. Uh, what's today's date? Tuesday, June 20th? Tuesday, June today's 20th. Today's the 20th, yes. Yes. Today's the 20th. My God, this is flying by. Uh, I got my daughter's wedding coming up, but I'm, I'm like a little more than a month, and I'm not prepared. Yeah, I gotta come up I with a tuxedo. I gotta get. Day. I got. I get my tuxedo altered because I lost some weight. I gotta get taken in a little bit. Plus, I think I've shrunk an inch. But in any event, uh, we're doing a new segment today. It's called "Rate My Tweets," Darren. All right. And you rate the tweets, and these are the tweets I put out over the last week, and. It's a, you're going to rate them on a scale of one to ten for being on point. Okay. All right. So let me let me That's get a lot to of power I'm wielding here. right now. You're you're throwing in my lap. A lot of power. Uh, sometimes my tweets are poignant. Sometimes they're ridiculous. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, let me let me put out the first one that I put out today because I woke up feeling this way. Okay. You know the I-95 rebuild. Uh, the governor Josh Shapiro has really looked strong uh, in the face of this, and he he has. Uh, 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 oversaw an effort that apparently is going to make this road drivable in two weeks with this temporary fill they're putting in or whatever. So uh, I woke up this morning and I said, uh, early morning thought as I read about the I-95 rebuild. Can you imagine if we somehow elected that goof Doug Mastriano governor? <laughs> Rate my tweet, Darren. Uh, okay. Get me, let me get, you're going to make me get political here. I'm going to say that's a good... Uh, six and a half. I'm going to go six and a half. And for this reason, I think two weeks is too long. There's video of the exact same thing being done in, in Sweden, and they did it overnight. <laughs> so, like, with just with better equipment. They, I'm going go to go seven. Up, listen, they don't have to put up with Swedish, the labor laws yeah, in right. Sweden. That's why. It's 95. Just get it Swedes done. can work 24 hours a day without a water break. That's it. That's what you got to do here, man. Well, we got to, you know, we listen, we we do the best with the American workers that we can. I grease the unions a little bit more. Okay. Uh, Tweet uh, again, this tweet this week, it was actually a comment on a tweet. A guy tweeted about Trump being involved in over 3,000 lawsuits where he hasn't paid people. So, like, contractors and stuff have paid him, which gets me to the Cuban restaurant 
that he went into after the indictment. Uh, and he goes into a Cuban restaurant. And he says, food for everybody. And and then he did the exit. He did the backdoor exit and, did, and didn't pay at a penny for the food. People were ordering food thinking he's going to pick up the tab. Um, so... <laughs> So I enter this story where he's involved three thousand lawsuits where he doesn't pay contractors millions. Uh, I tweet, "Ha ha!" And the people at the Cuban restaurant thought he was going to pick up the tab. So rate that tweet. Uh, it's a little light on content. Um, so I, but I want to go. <laughs> well, the content was the story about him not. Yeah, I, I like and look. There, he's bankrupted so many businesses in the New Jersey area. It's just amazing to me how many people continue to fall for that. For that con, one of his one thousand grips. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go seven half, seven point five there. Seven and a half. Now, uh, as a postscript to this, I actually w- had been. I have been to that Cuban restaurant. Me and my buddies were down there. And we saw the Miami Dolphins and the Eagles, and then after we went to uh, Cubana Town, and we went to Versailles, a very famous Cuban restaurant, and we had uh, Cuban food in there. So uh, basically, I I spent more money. In Versailles, than Donald Trump did, and he went in there with a bunch of people. <laughs> my tab, I paid my tab. You like I, Cuban I just food, say right? That. Like you, I've heard you talk about a Cuban sandwich. I love time. Cubano food. Uh, is that is that uh, one of yes. the better uh, sandwiches you've had, or Cuban food that you've had? Mm-hmm. All right, so a couple more we're going to go with here, and uh, one was uh, Bob Huggins. I, I tweeted about Bob Huggins. He was arrested for DUI. He's going to probably have to resign. And this is what I tweeted. Bob Huggins, you know, people like him who do that kind of drinking and put themselves and others in jeopardy and also as some kind of macho exercise spout prejudiced rhetoric are really unhappy inside. That's a strong nine. I, you know, because Huggins is a creep. And this is I, I can't believe it's taken him this long to lose his job, to be honest with you. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good one. Nine. Good content as well. All right. And finally. Uh, this is a uh, retweet and a comment on a retweet. Uh, Brooks Kepka speaking on the Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, here's his quote on LACC. I'm not a huge fan of this place. I'm not a huge fan of blind tee shots. And then I think there's just some spots that no matter where you hit it, the ball just ends up in the same spot. I think it would be more fun to play uh, on just a regular round than it would be a U.S. Open. I mean, there's like, what, two eights yesterday? That doesn't happen. So my tweet was, Brooks can be such a little bitch. Rate my tweet. Right, dude, I-, I completely agree with you. Like, he bothers me. He really, And he shouldn't, but he does. He's just got to whine and bitch all the time. 9.5. A 9.5 yeah. on a tweet? Yeah, 9.5. I like it. All right. That's Rate My Tweets, a new feature on the Mike Missanelli podcast. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Michael, it is time for three questions. Our first question today, uh, we were talking about the Flyers logo earlier. So I want you to go ahead and rank the four logos of the Philly sports teams. The Eagles, the Phillies, the Sixers, and the Flyers. Rank the current logos. Uh, current logo, I'll go Eagles first. I like that Eagle a lot. Uh, so that that would be first for me. Uh, I would go. I don't, I don't know what the Phillies logo is. I mean, the P is. Uh, so I, I'll go six or second uh, and I'll go uh, Phillies third. You know, again, 
we went back to the old style uniforms. I, the Phillies were a non-winning franchise, like the losingest franchise in history. We had to go back in time and and get that uh, old P. Uh, but people like the Phillies against that. But the, I go third on that, and uh, the Flyers, I, I just can't tolerate anymore. I mean, the the the, the one dimensional puck with the wing is just not working for me anymore. So that's the way I would go: Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. All right, that's a good ranking. Probably one I would agree with as well. Okay, um, Mike, we talked about Cuban food, so I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to exclude Italian food. That's obviously number one. What is your favorite ethnicity food outside of Italian? Uh, hmm. Well, I think I would go uh, Mexican second. Um. You know, that's, you know, like, all, like authentic Mexican or like Latino. a Tex-Mex? Let's just say Latino because, uh, you know, I like Argentine. Uh, I like, uh, uh, you know, Peruvian. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll go all over the place with, with that. Um, and then uh, I would go probably uh, Asian. I like uh, uh, a Chinese better, a little better than I like Thai food, but I like Vietnamese food a lot. So I would go Asian. So that would go. Uh, yeah. Are you a big way. sushi guy? I'm sorry. Are you a sushi guy? No. No uh, I do not eat, eat sushi. And, and for like, the fact that, like, I, I go, okay, what other cuisines are there that are, like, I'm I'm not a French man. You know, I I, I think French food uh, has gotten really overrated as a food. Uh, but I know people, it's, you know, it's just a little too foo-foo for me, that, that, that French uh, that thing. But what else is there? Like, what other great cuisines? Are we going to go to Scandinavia where they boil fish? We're going to go to Ireland. Like, <laughs> where, where are the great cuisines in the world? I like African food a lot. I, I'm, I'm heavily into African food these days. Well, you like Indian food. You've talked about that. And, oh, and I love Indian food, too. So, yeah, I should have put. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let me re-rack that. So I, I would go uh, Mexican, and I'd go Indian, and then I would go Asian. All right, there you go. That's question number two. Question number three, Mike, my uh, – my car, I'm trading my car in soon. I need to drive. I know you're a little more modest. I have a big SUV now. I got the Infiniti QX before I had the Yukon Denali. Give me a, uh, what SUV out there do you like that I should probably go out there and test drive this week? Give me a yeah, good idea. I'm a man of your means. Everybody loves the Land Rover. I live up at this way. Everybody's got a Land Rover. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, people seem to like them. They're, they're, they're a high-end uh, SUV. So start with the Landover, man of your means. Uh, I'll you know? check out the Landover. The only thing I you know me, I'm not a. I, I don't go uh, overly ostentatious with the cars. I go utility style and not like I. I can't stand having a, a car like you would have, where I would have to worry about gas all the time. It's just an annoyance to me to have to refill your tank all the time. So I get you know I, I drive an SUV, a Mercedes SUV. I like it. It's not overly big. And uh, it works for me. That's the kind of car. I'm a very simple man. Simple tastes. I'm fortunate I don't pay for gas, but uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, there you go. But just going to the freaking gas station is annoyance for me. It is. I agree. Is your Mercedes electric? No. Oh, okay. It's not. But my next car, I would go hybrid on. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea. Land Rovers have too many electrical problems. I would worry about that. But that's three questions for Mikey Ness. All right, thank you very much. All right, let's go to thought of the day. Let's go back to the NBA. Monster trade was made, where Bradley Beal now forms the the, the, the the most recent big three as he goes to the Phoenix Suns. So it's Bradley Beal, uh, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. And I started to think, 
Has the big three outlived its time? Because here's the problem. With the salary cap getting tighter in a second apron, they're going to have to fill that. Right now, they have four max players, including DeAndre Ayton, who I would expect that they will try to trade because there's just no room for him as a, as a center when you got those kind of perimeter players. When's he going to touch the ball? And he's going to make $50 million. So uh, the, the Phoenix Suns are going to have to fill the rest of the roster anyway with minimum salary players. And I go, can, can you pull that off anymore? Now, you pulled it off with LeBron, Bosch, and Wade, who are significantly better well, maybe not significantly, but certainly better. I don't know what Bradley Beal is at this point of his career. He's a, he, he can make a jump shot. I don't think he's a Dwayne Wade. Uh, and, and Kevin Durant hasn't proven to be a winner like LeBron James. So I don't know if that big three filling the rest of the roster with just schmoes can win anymore. I, I think this Matt Ishby, his eyes are like too big for his brain. Uh, your mom say, your eyes are too big for your stomach. Uh, I think that's going on with with Ishbia. He's trying to make a splash, and he goes, "I tack those three guys out there. I'm going to win automatically." Well, he got a roster at twelve. You got to have bench guys that come in and eat minutes. And in the playoffs, it's a different game uh, because. And you saw what the Denver Nuggets did. They were a connected team. They blended. They had two star players, and the rest blended in. Uh, so my thought of the day is that's a desperate move by the Phoenix Suns. Now the Washington Wizards. Oh my God, they got crap. They they got to figure out a way now to move Chris Paul, uh, and they're just giving up. So um, there, there's two tales to that story. But Bradley Beal going to Phoenix, I, I think you know that doesn't exactly guarantee them a championship. It's a big three that may be outdated, and one of the guys in the big three, I don't know if he is a big three at this point. Plus, Bradley Beal's a no trade clause, so you're taking on all that salary with him, and you can't move him unless he says, "I want to go here." Uh, and so that's a, a deterrent. So that's my thought of the day. Let's close it down for today on the Mike Missinelli podcast and tell you that the podcast is uh, brought to us by Bet Rivers. I'm having a lot of fun with the app, and you can too. All you got to do is download the Bet Rivers app and see all kinds of bets that you can make on all kinds of sports. You can also play casino games if you're into that. Uh, also, I want to thank my, my folks at Natural Lawn. My guy was just here today putting mosquito control on my lawn again. You know, everybody else in the neighborhood is getting bitten alive. Not Mikey Miss. The natural lawn people using natural materials put that mosquito prevent on, on the lawn as, as well as fertilize it. My lawn looks great and there's no bugs in it. So go to naturallawn.com and get hooked up and find uh, a local natural lawn uh, uh, provider near you. All right, listen up, folks. We're giving away swag here. That's right, Mike Miss Podcast swag. The, the hats are cool. Uh, the, the golf shirts are cool. The uh, quarter zips are cool. And here's how you earn one. And I'll, yeah, you'll win one, actually. It's not going to cost you a penny. Um, you know, I used to do uh, a bit on the radio show, the old radio show called Sound Off. We would include each show, go to our voice recorded line where people would call in and they'd have something to say. Well, we're going to do the same thing via email. Any email that uh, represents like a, a sound off call where you've got something to say or a reaction to something I've said, email me, mike at mikemiss.com. We're going to review the emails, and the best one that we select will uh, get sent some swag. Again, it's mike at mikemiss.com. And just pretend you're calling the sound off line, but just write stuff down. Anything I've said, anything that's on your mind, anything that you want to react to in the world, make it innovative, make it interesting, make it funny, make it uh, informational. Anything that'll catch my attention, you're going to win some Mike Miss podcast swag. It's going to be the hottest swag going uh, in the Delaware Valley. So just write me an email, mike at mikemiss.com, uh, and uh, we'll see if you can win some swag. 
Uh, also, my website, I'm going to do a video blog uh, on my website, MikeMiss.com, every Friday, about a five-minute video blog. And uh, you can also react to that. You want to react to that in an email, you can do that. That's also eligible for swag, so check that out. Don't forget. And you can catch me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is MikeMiss25 on uh, Twitter. And uh, I guess that's about it for today. Uh, everybody have a great uh, rest of the, the day and a great rest of the week. We will see you on Thursday with another fresh Mike Missinelli podcast. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.